Welcome to KMUZ Theater Talk. I'm Ann McBride. And I'm Ed Shopes. And we're here the first and third Fridays of the month to tell you all about what's happening in the Mid-Willamette Valley theater world. On today's show, we'll talk with author and playwright Fieli Matias and composer Dennis Giacino about their new musical production, Zazie Sings, which we'll preview at the Majestic Theater in Corvallis on February 9th and 10th. In our second interview segment, we'll talk with director Jeff Minden about a 1960s French farce coming to Kaiser Homegrown Theater called Boeing Boeing. It runs February 9th through 25th. And why don't you start us off with our theater talk calendar. Playing at Albany Civic Theater through February 10th is The Great Gatsby. Check out our KMUZ Theater Talk podcast for an interview about that show with director Lorianne Schmidt and actor Robert Henry. Coming to ACT March 1st through 9th is Eclipsed, a play about the Magdalene Laundries in Ireland, directed by Charlotte J. Hedrick, Professor Emerita of Theater Arts at OSU. Children's Educational Theater, that's at cetsalem.org. Online registrations are open for CET's five-week summer theater experience for kids ages six through high school. Go to cetsalem.org to secure a spot for your kiddos. Elsinore Theater at elsinoretheater.com for information about local events and touring shows on stage at the Elsinore, go to their website and Facebook page. Enlightened Theatrics is at enlightenedtheatrics.org and on Facebook. And we're very sad to report that Enlightened Theatrics announced on Facebook and their website last week that due to the funding challenges that have hit regional theaters nationwide in reopening after the COVID pandemic, Executive Director Jessica Peterson and the Board of Directors have made the difficult decision for the theater to go dark for the time being. Anne and I joined the board in thanking Jessica for the energy, talent, and focus she brought during her time as Enlightened's Executive Director and the positive impact she made on the Salem community. We know that wherever she lands next, Jessica will be a great success. Here's hoping this is just a brief intermission for Enlightened Theatrics and not the final curtain. Gallery Theater at gallerytheater.org. See how they run. Directed by Britt Block is on the gallery stage February 9th through March 3rd. This British farce is set in a quiet vicarage where its characters rush headlong into humor and through lots of doors. It's filled with zany antics, mistaken identity, a small pack of vicars, one of whom is an escaped convict in hiding, and a sedate bishop who's shocked at all the goings-on, so be ready for a laughter-filled evening. Kaiser Homegrown Theater at kaiserhomegrowntheater.org. Boeing Boeing opens at Kaiser Homegrown Theater February 9th through 25th. It's a 1960s French farce all about an American living in Paris who's engaged to three different flight attendants on different airlines. And it doesn't end well for poor Bernard. We'll learn more about this when we talk to director Jeff Minden later in today's program. The Majestic Theater is on Facebook and at majestic.org. 
A preview of the new musical Zazie Sings comes to the Majestic Theater stage in Corvallis on February 9th and 10th. Stay with us for our interview with the show's creators, Fieli Matias and Dennis Giacino, who join us later in today's episode. Majestic Readers Theater presents The Tragedy of Anthony and Cleopatra by William Shakespeare, February 24th and 25th. Pinnacle Theater at PinnacleTheater.org. Neil Simon's Brighton Beach Memoirs, directed by Joe Dodge, continues at Pinnacle Theater through February 3rd. Then, up next at Pinnacle is The Prom, a musical by Begulin, Martin, and Sklar, is directed by Robert Salberg. And The Prom runs March 1st through 23rd. And don't forget Joe Dodge's acting workshop for actors 18 and older is at Pinnacle Theater's rehearsal studio in downtown Salem. To sign up, go to tickets.pinnacletheater.org. The Salem Playhouse at thesalemplayhouse.com offers acting classes for both kids and adults at Kaiser Homegrown Theater and adult classes at Chemeketa Community College. To sign up, go to thesalemplayhouse.com and click on the Classes tab. Spotlight Community Theater is at spotlightcommunitytheater.org. An adaptation of Lewis Carroll's Alice in Wonderland by Michael Vaca, directed by Shannon Rempel, plays February 8th through 18th at Spotlight. And that's followed May 9th through 19th by Much Ado Out West by Wade Bradford. Struts and Frets Theater Company is at strutsandfretstheater.org. And coming up next at Struts and Frets is Little Women, adapted from the Louisa May Alcott classic novel by prolific playwright Kay Hamill. It runs March 28th through 30th at Dallas Event Center. Corbin University is at corbin.edu slash theater arts. Coming up in March... Corbin will stage Sleeping Beauty, Briar Rose, based on the tales of Charles Perrault and the Brothers Grimm. Western Oregon University at wou.edu slash theater. Spring Awakening runs February 29th through March 9th at Western. This coming-of-age rock musical set in 19th century Germany tells the story of teenagers discovering their budding sexuality through a folk-infused alternative rock score. It's directed by Michael Phillips. And May 29th through June 1st, John Proctor is the villain, will be on stage at the Rice Auditorium. That's directed by Risa Fleming. Lamet University at wutheater.com. Too Much Light Makes the Baby Go Blind, 30 Plays in 60 Minutes by Greg Allen, directed by Jonathan Cole, plays February 15th through 25th at the Pelton Theater on Willamette's campus in Salem, and the audience gets to pick which plays the actors will perform each evening. And that's followed by Brian Friel's Irish family masterwork, Dancing at Lunasa, directed by Susan Coromel, April 11th through 27th. Dallas High School on Facebook at Dallas High School Thespians and Theater. They are doing The Wizard of Oz, and it runs February 22nd through 24th. See their Facebook page for show and ticket information. McKay High School is on Facebook at McKay Thespians, 
and their spring musical will be Little Shop of Horrors on stage at McKay, May 10th through 18th. McNary High School on Facebook at Ken Collins Theater. The pop musical Mamma Mia closes February 3rd, and Shakespeare's classic Twelfth Night will run at McNary High May 15th through 18th. North Salem High School is on Facebook at NSHS Theater. Tuck Everlasting will be on stage at North April 11th through 20th. That's followed by Sense and Sensibility, which will play on May 23rd through 25th. South Salem High School on Facebook at Saxon Drama. The Alibis plays in the Rose Theater at South High, February 29th through March 2nd. And coming March 8th and 9th is an evening of original devised works. Craig High School has Bye Bye Birdie on stage February 22nd through March 2nd. And Sprague will stage one acts on April 11th through 20th. Staten High School is on Facebook at Staten High School Theater. Staten High will stage the pop musical Mamma Mia, March 1st through 3rd, featuring the music of ABBA. West Salem High School is on Facebook at West Salem Drama Department. Improva Java hits the West Salem stage on February 8th, and that's followed by Shakespeare favorite Much Ado About Nothing, playing February 29th through March 2nd. And that wraps up our KMUZ Theater Talk calendar for plays around the mid-Willamette Valley. Coming up next, Ann and I talk with Fiele Matias and Dennis Giacino, the creators of Zazzy Sings, a new family musical in previews at the Majestic Theater in Corvallis. We'll be right back with more theater talk in just a moment, so stay with us. We're talking with Bailey Matias and Dennis T. Giacino about their new musical, Zazzy Sings, opening at the Majestic Theater in Corvallis. Welcome to Theater Talk again, you guys. Thank you, Anne. So so great to be back. Yes, thank you so much. We love both of you, and we're so excited to be talking to you again about our new show or anything, because you guys are just cool. <laughs> well, well, I'm just excited about the show. This, Tell me about this show. It's based on a book that you wrote, Faley? Yes. During the pandemic, we were all kind of isolated and everything. Yeah. And what Dennis and I would do, since we couldn't really go anywhere, that we would just go on these drives in the car. And Dennis would be like, do you just want to get out and just drive anywhere? And we'd just drive anywhere and we'd kind of like hole up in the car, listen to music you know, sing carpool karaoke with uh, <laughs> Barry Manilow <laughs> songs. Like we'd like turn on like, yes, go ahead. <laughs> yes, Fieli. I, I remember one time we took a three hour drive to Bend just to get fries. Just, yes. <laughs> that's how the pandemic just affected us fries. all. <laughs> and in one of those drives, we just were just, we you know, we always talk about creative ideas because that's what we do. And um, I just told Dennis like, we were sitting very quiet and it just came to my head about this, the line in a box on a street where two alleys meet, lived a cat who just loved to sing. It just popped into my head. Wow. And that's kind of where it took off. And then when I started writing the 
book, I said, what if this was a green cat? What if it was a completely different cat? Because that's something I could relate to about being different growing up, being Filipino, mm -hmm. uh, coming from the Philippines and just culturally and everything different. <laughs> yeah. I said, what if this cat was really different and how would it feel? So I start, just started writing the book. Uh, my publisher, who I, I wrote uh, an initial children's book and I presented it to my publisher and uh, my publisher says, yeah, write it. So I wrote it and they published it. And then when Dennis read the book, Dennis said to me, go ahead, Dennis. <laughs> I, I said to Feli, I remember exactly where we were, too. I, I read the book. We were in Salt Lake City at the time. There was a disenchanted playing there. And so, again, one of those long drives. And, yep, we drove it you know, over the salt flats, the Bonneville salt flats and whatnot oh, to wow. get there. And, you know, I read the book and I said to Fiala, this is our next musical. I just hear it. It, it You read the book and it sings. And I, I, I immediately started working on music. You know, it had been about seven years, <coughs> excuse me, after Disenchanted. So, yeah, I said new musical and Fiala jumped right in. Well, let's talk about Disenchanted for just a moment. Zazzy Sings isn't your first rodeo, you guys. Uh, <laughs> we interviewed you about the worldwide phenomenon, Disenchanted, uh, a fun and entertaining musical uh, about uh, princesses. Tell us a little bit about that. Give us, give us the, the, the short story. We seem to write, Ed, and, and create when we're trapped in a car <laughs> or on a train and uh and, and that sounds like you can relate to this uh, being creative yeah. with when you have no other choice right and right. whether it's a plane whatever it is and so we happened to be doing a show across canada we were on a tour with a, a two-man show that that we had come up with we were in vancouver bc doing our show and I said to Feely, let's drop down into Portland. You know, we had lived in Oregon, obviously, before uh, having started our theater in Corvallis in 1991. And so this was about early 2000s. And I said to Feely, let's drop down into Portland. I have an idea. And it has something to do with princesses coming to life and telling the truth. And I said, I'll, I'll probably have it done in like three months. So three months passed. And we were living in Portland and, uh, oh gosh, I used to sit out on this bench in front of the um, art museum and just write and write. And Fieli came to me three months later and he said, is it done? How's it going? I said, I have the first song. So, <laughs> so little did I know that writing takes a lot longer <laughs> than yeah. that. That idea of traveling and being in a car and we came up with this idea and we put it up at the Orlando International Fringe Festival in 2011. A year before that, uh, we entered it into the New Jersey Playwrights Competition. I Fieli said, enter it. And I said, but it's a musical. It's not a straight play. And, and Fieli said, doesn't matter. Just enter it anyway. And I said, OK, knowing we were going to lose because they didn't take musicals. And we won. Huh? And the show just took off like a shot. A producer came in, happened to see it at Orlando Fringe. And within a month, we were in New York City working on it, developing it, just like we're doing with Zazie now. And now it's played to audiences around the world. I think your most current production is in Spain right now. Is that right? 
Yes, it is in Spain right now, and it's like third sold out month. It's extended through March. Wow! And and I think it's going to win best musical. They just had an awards thing, and it's it's not announced officially, but it's it's against shows like Phantom of the Opera, Book <laughs> of Mormon, Aladdin. Madrid is kind of like Spanish Broadway, right. and um, I think we're going to win best musical this year <laughs> like our little off-broadway show against all these broadway shows yeah wow that's that's fantastic and then also we are we're walking working on a national tour being booked here in the u.s <laughs> for 2025 oh my wow Goodness. Wow, that is really, really great. I mean, your pedigree for writing hit shows is fantastic. So uh, I'm thinking that uh, Zazzy Sings has such a strong place in your heart, Fiali. What do you hope audiences are going to take away from this show? I think when I wrote the book, it's the book was called Ribi Didu Dada. That was the book's name because I wanted to give it a different name because my name is so different. And in mm-hmm. growing up, People had really a difficult time pronouncing my name. They'd make, you know, kids would make fun of it. Teachers would be like, what's, you know, I don't, you know. My maiden name was Peck. I, right. Mm-hmm. I, I heard Pecker the whole time I was in elementary school. Mm, yeah. Junior oh, high. Yeah. Yeah. People, especially kids growing up, can be very mean <laughs> to things yes. that are different. And so I wanted to because when I say the book's name, people go, how do you say it? I go, so I wanted to make sure people practice what it was to say something different, to feel something, and and for that to be okay. But the heart of the book is, though you are being bullied, I think one of the answers, for me at least, was to overcome bullying and to feel insecure and to gain confidence, was to follow something that you love to do. In this case, my main character, Zazie the cat, loves to sing. And when she's bullied, she's bullied about her talent, actually. But then she finds her voice and with the help of her friends, <laughs> kind of say, you know what, this is the way I sing. This is what I love to do. And I think that's what I want to teach kids is that if you find something that you love to do, that will help you gain confidence, you know, and gain self-esteem. That's wonderful. Yeah. So everyone who is in the audience realizes that they have a special talent or Mm -hmm. something and it's okay to be different yep this is the usa northwest premiere of the show in uh corvallis at the majestic theater previously back in september of last year we did it at the hickory community theater as part of the catawba valley arts festival in north carolina um that's where uh fieli's publisher is and so um, they entered us in to uh, workshop the show there. We did. It went over really well. And while we were there, Anne and Ed, we went into classrooms anywhere from kindergarten up through about fifth grade. First of all, every child, every student had a story about bullying, and it was heartbreaking um, yeah. <laughs> to hear that. Yeah. But at the same time, as we read the book, everybody started talking about afterward how, oh, I love to do this and I love to do that. And everybody thinks I'm, I'm different. And uh, sometimes they judge me, but they got the idea that as long as I, I follow that, that interest, that passion that I have for something and have that confidence in what I love to do, that that's almost like kryptonite for bullies. They don't know how to deal with that. 
and that's where we really knew that the show was was reaching who it needed to reach and children and adults alike we can all relate to that right right well i wish i'd had this story when i was a kid oh you were talking about that Ed, that we had similar backgrounds in terms of coming from foreign countries coming from different cultures when we were very young to come to the us i think even as adults you, we can immediately go back to that place of bullying with anything you know like especially yeah. when i hear other people's stories i think it stays with you you know <laughs> yeah it's instant it just takes you right back exactly and you know i think audiences are going to especially kids and audiences are going to just really stick with the story it's going to stick with them yeah and that's why we wrote the story on uh several levels you know disenchanted is is written for a very specific audience sort of uh 15 and up as you might imagine having having seen it with zazi sings it really is all play in in that sense all ages because we wrote it not only on a uh you know for for families you know children what not but we also wrote it for adults because we all can relate to bullying as adults and i think you know bullying just doesn't go away it sticks we just uh very much were interested in writing it on both those levels so and and it succeeded in north carolina where we had the adults come up to us and say you know i was just coming to bring my kids and hoping i'd get through it uh, another kids show and then they said but i had a blast with it myself a lot of references that that were you know directed at at the adults a lot of messages directed at both the adults and the children that they bring with them so were you know that that was very important to us to write it on on both of those levels feli tell us the story about uh zazi give us kind of a summary of the plot Zazie is a green singing cat who just loves to sing and she performs for her friends nightly in the alley all the time but one particular night when she sings uh the local reviewer who is a rat named Rex happens to pass by and interrupts and says you can't sing i can't believe you think you can sing and uh the, this critic bullies Zazie into believing that she can't sing and also makes all her friends believe she can't sing as well so we kind of hint at peer pressure as well mm-hmm. and then there's these two gophers who come by <laughs> who um and say no we believe in you Zazie and we'd love to like actually produce your own produce a show and so they kind of help her reignite her passion for singing again and so she goes back to singing starts selling out but then again the rat comes back but then the rat realizes after hearing her sing and seeing what kind of feeling what kind of the audience response and how seeing somebody do their passion is so positive and so affirming the rat kind of admits <laughs> saying hey you know what i bullied you cuz i was bullied as a kid as well because i wasn't able to follow <laughs> it's kind of funny cuz the rat says i was I wasn't able to follow my passion pillow uh the rat's real passion is dance and the rat says I wasn't able to dance because when I dance people made fun of me because I did my own moves and so I was depressed I was lonely so naturally I became a critic so, <laughs> <laughs> so when the rat admits that 
Zazie says, I understand. And you know what, Rex? I want to, you know, support you as well. Why don't you be the dancer that you've always wanted to be and be a dancer in my show? So they create their own show together at the end and it's a big hit <laughs> kind of thing. So even the the villain gets a little redemption because I think we as people have all been kind of victims of bullying. And at times, to be honest, you know, we kind of sometimes are the bullies. You know, I don't think anyone's perfect. So I wanted to create an atmosphere where everybody can be forgiven and everybody can make mistakes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but we do it in a very fun humor way because it's really, you know, anti-bullying are themes that are very hard things to discuss. But the way we approach it is through humor as, as what we do usually. <laughs> Just very much like Disenchanted where, um, yep. you know, we approach some really hot topics in that race racism and misogyny and whatnot, but we do it all with a layer of humor over it. Fieli and I are very much believers in sort of uh, a spoonful of sugar. So Fieli, uh, aside from the, the line that came to you in the car, um, what is the reason that you chose to use animal characters in this as opposed to like the real um, human characters in Disenchanted? Animals provided especially uh, a way for the audiences to relate to the show on any level. I wanted to do animal characters since it was a kid's show so that uh, kids could relate to it easier as well. Because when we, when we license the show and we want uh, communities to do the show, I wanted non-traditional casting because that's, that's what I've always wanted as a minority performer is to be able to do any role so I, I wanted people to go, oh, it's a cat. It's not a specific person. So we specifically wrote names that were gender neutral so that mm -hmm. everybody can relate to the show, so that the show can be cast with any kind of non-traditional casting. <laughs> as long as you can relate to the characters, then you can be that character. <laughs> that was my goal. It just sounds like such a positive experience. How are rehearsals going? Great. We... We've, uh, uh, you had mentioned um, the cast at one point when we were talking, and it's such an amazing cast. It, it really is sort of, uh, you know, a local all-star, uh, Corvallis, Albany, Salem area cast. And we have folks who are uh, like Monica Milani, who's uh, been performing at the Portland Playhouse. We have uh, Michael and Deborah Wren, they're yes. the initial villains in the show. Yes. And uh, yeah, it's just uh, who, who make the turn for kinder by the end. And they're, they're a hoot. We are just having a blast. Everybody's hooking into the, you know, the catchy music and the, the humor of it. And uh, given it, they're all, wouldn't you say, Fieli? Yeah, I think what unique and special about this experience is, is they're helping develop a new show. And it's a show that's never been done on a national or worldwide basis. So they're that's coming in, so actually exciting. helping us. Yeah, so exciting. So we're like going, this is how big Broadway shows like Book of Mormon or Dear Evan Hansen, I say they all have a beginning. Right. And you are now part of that beginning, you know, so you should feel very proud and happy and excited. And we tell them, jump in, play and fail. This is how we're going to find the heart of the show. <laughs> right. right, right. And uh, Fieli and Dennis, have you done much rewriting during this uh, premiere experience? We did in North Carolina, and we are 
here in Oregon as well. And that's, that's sort of the exciting part of it. You know, we liken it to when you hear about sitcoms and the writers are on the set while they're filming and a joke doesn't go over as well with the audience and immediately, you know, cut tape and let's rewrite five different jokes and see what works. Uh, we're doing that in the rehearsal process. I, I think we, even in the auditions, we were, you know, making changes. We've made changes from North Carolina to Oregon. So as you start to sift through that, less and less changes happen. But yeah, the cast is is really in for the whole idea of, uh, and having a blast with the idea that, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm actually helping morph this show into what it's eventually going to uh, become. And, and that's super exciting, I think, for everybody. That's so exciting for an actor. We've done plays where, where the audience talks back and, and the playwright rewrites, and it's just exciting to, to do something new and, and to create. That's wonderful. I wanted to ask something about the costumes because they're all animals, right? <laughs> yes. yes. Actually, <laughs> what we're going for, as you'll see in this development version of this, is that we're focusing on the characters and music and the script. So we've approached it directorially as a very minimal version of the show so that we can really focus on uh, developing the script, music, and characters. So in terms of costume, they'll be wearing T-shirts that I, you know, with my graphic designs from the book, and we'll be using Mm -hmm. just basic face paint for the animals. And um, I've directed it physically so that they physically hint at the characters with a physical approach of the animal characters. So they're not walking around like humans. There's slight physicalizations that make them be like the gopher or the Mm -hmm. cat or the pigeons. So uh, it's that kind of approach so that people can see bare bones, the show itself and see what it works. (laughs) Right. And the actors approach it as as the character with some mannerisms. Correct. With a physical, yes, with some mannerisms. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've been watching Fieli direct the show, and it's it's very uh, yes, certainly minimal in a development or workshop production, but it's also very clever. You know, it almost invites the audience to create in their own minds. You know, what do these twin gophers? There are twin gophers wearing twin loafers. Uh, what do <laughs> these gophers <laughs> look like? If I pictured them, I, I can give you a story. When we did our first production of it, um, I was uh, back uh, running the soundboard as we do. So I was yeah. working with the sound guy back there and he had brought his grandson along who had seen the show the night before. So I said to the grandson, Oh, probably second or third grade. And I said to the grandson, who's your favorite character? And he said, he thought for a second and he said, it's the gophers. I said, would you like to meet them? And so, you know, we took the grandfather and the grandson backstage, met the gophers, gave him a book and he followed the book during the musical. So when we got to the gophers party, he had to flip it open, read what the gophers were saying. And so it really is very clever and allows people, adults and children alike to just imagine as as they go through the workshop process. And Fieli's really brought that cleverness to the direction. So you guys are living in Portland, where there's a lot of talent. Why choose the Majestic Theater in Corvallis as the Northwest premiere of Zazie Sings? 
a couple reasons. First of all, of course, we have history in Corvallis, Oregon, great history. We started our own little theater in 1991. I remember going to the Corvallis Arts Center and saying, hey, you know, you have this little stage here and it has a piano on it. You ever think of doing theater shows here? No, was the answer. <laughs> and I said, would you ever consider doing theater shows here? And it was Susan Johnson at the time who, who was running the art center. And she said to me, yeah, I, I would. What day do you want to book? And I said, oh, no, I want to book a season. <laughs> you know, go big or go home, right? So with that, we booked a whole season and eventually worked our way to the Majestic stage. So it holds a really dear place in our heart, the Majestic Theater, to return there and, and give back to... Corvallis, a show that we've created almost as a thank you to all the people who have supported us over the years. I think with that too, and this is where I'll pass off to Fieli, when we did the show in North Carolina, Stephanie Long, Stephanie Mellenbacher came to see the show. Go ahead, Fieli. Yeah, Stephanie Long, who was an original theater member of ours in Corvallis over 30 years ago. She is our friend. Uh, she said, I want to produce it. And so I think what Dennis hinted at is Corvallis has a big heart element in our show and a big trust element in, in producing in Corvallis. Uh, in part of the development of any new show, you really need people you can trust who are passionate about the show. That's what Corvallis is for us, is that we can feel safe. Uh, we mm -hmm. can trust the people we're working with and everybody is passionate about it. And Anywhere that happens, that's where you should do a show. <laughs> yeah. And Stephanie, when she saw the show and worked on it, um, she did a lot of the makeup and face painting in North Carolina. And she immediately, after she saw the audience reaction to the show, which was huge, we, we almost sold out the entire theater. It was a standing ovation and immediate applause before the show was even over. And, um, and with that, Stephanie said, that's it. I want to produce it and I want to do it on the majestic stage. And we were like, that's perfect. Let's go back West and let's do that next. And so, yeah, it's a really exciting turn of events. In this workshop process at the majestic, we started with just a piano. We now have a full three piece combo. So we have piano, bass and drums. Uh, they're all consummate musicians creating the actual orchestrations the actual arrangements for the show so we uh, shout out to them as well as the exciting cast and producing team and the majestic theater uh corvallis parks and rec zazzy sings is a new musical comedy its pacific northwest premiere in workshop productions is at the majestic theater in corvallis performances are february 9th and 10th the book, music, and lyrics are by Dennis Jacino and Fieli Matias, and it's directed by Fieli. And you can get your tickets at majestic.org. Thank you guys so much, Fieli and Dennis, for coming to talk with us at KMUZ Theater Talk. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Ed and Ann. We appreciate it. It's so great to talk with you both again. Joining us today for our next interview is Jeff Minden, the director of Boeing Boeing, a French farce playing at Kaiser Homegrown Theater. So stay with us for more KMUZ Theater Talk. We're speaking with Jeff Minden, director of Boeing Boeing, 
opening at the Kaiser Homegrown Theater February 9th, and it goes through the 25th. Welcome to KMUZ Theater Talk, Jeff. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Jeff, Boeing, Boeing is an interesting title. What is this show about? Yeah, so it is a farce. It's set in the mid-1960s. The central character is uh, Bernard. He's an American architect living in Paris who is engaged to three different flight attendants on three different airlines. And since they all have different schedules, only one is home at a time and doesn't know about the other two. So the show is about the day where everything goes wrong. And he and his friend Robert are doing everything they can to keep the ladies from running into each other. And there's a housekeeper in this show also. Yeah, yeah. Berta, the the maid, is kind of central to Bernard keeping everything afloat. Um, She thinks of a lot of things and is in charge of quite a bit until she gets pretty fed up at one point. And then that just adds another complication. Plays about cads are always interesting and fun because you know they're going to get their comeuppance and it's not going to be pretty. (laughs) Now, this originally was a French farce, you said. Yeah, correct. It was uh, written, I believe it first performed back in 1960, and it is the most produced French farce. So what is it that brought you to this play in this time? I was trying to find a show that was a good mix of of humor and romance and would be just kind of a a light and fun way to open the season, tie it into February with Valentine's Day, add in a dash of romance and just something that was, was fun and funny and just enjoyable to watch. And the first time I read the script, I couldn't stop laughing. And all throughout rehearsals, we can't stop laughing either. So it, it has definitely been successful in uh, in that respect. What do you want people to take home from this? Just a good time? Essentially, just looking for something that people can come and enjoy and just have a good time watching some, some funny theater. And it, it all takes place in Bernard's apartment? Correct. The script has three acts. We're running it as a two-act show. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's morning, afternoon, and evening of the same day, and it's all in the the main section of Bernard's rather large apartment. As with most farces, there's a lot of doors, and this one has seven. Whoa! (laughs) I was just going to ask about the farce three-door thing, but seven? That sounds amazing. It was a bit of a challenge figuring out where to put them all in our space, um, since we don't have the largest of, of theater space, but we've made it work. And there's a lot of, you know, quickly timed in and outs, just missing people as they're essentially as Bernard and Robert are trying to keep the house of cards from falling over for as long as they can. Wow. It's like one door slam after another. Exactly. Where does Robert come in? Robert is uh, Bernard's friend from college who just shows up out of the blue to visit and it happens to be the same day where weather complications result in all three of the flight attendants or in the show they refer to them as air hostesses since that's what they were called back in the 60s mm-hmm. are all going to be at home at once and you're doing it period right correct a lot has changed since the 1960s particularly when it comes to uh, air hostesses and society's view of women 
How do you balance the comedy in the play with today's sensibility of women's issues? Even though there were some different sensibilities back then, the way the female characters are written, they're, they have a very commanding presence and they're very take charge in their own respects. So they're, they're very atypical in that they all know what they want and they're very motivated towards getting it. And I would say that all of them get the outcomes they're looking for. That sounds very French to me because yeah. uh, yes. in, at least in uh, French cinema uh, and many other uh, French uh, farces, the women do play a more commanding role than you would expect for being written in the times that they were written. Yeah, I would definitely agree that. And they're all, like I said, different in what their goals are, but they all do get the outcomes they want. Not so much for the boys. <laughs> <laughs> So that averages out because there are many people who would say a comedy about three women being engaged to the same man is kind of offensive. But if the man gets his comeuppance, that's okay, right? I would agree with that. It's definitely interesting how they go about it and some of the the ideas presented in the show, both in regards to what Bernard thinks is going on, as opposed to what some of the flight attendants yeah. or air hostesses are are making happen. So I would say it is not as much about Bernard's manipulation as it is Bernard not actually having a good read on the situation. <laughs> okay. Well, and, and how are you fitting the set and all of the actors on that stage? Because it's quite small. We had to, to play with it quite a bit, uh, reblock things a few times, do a lot of searching around to find period furniture that fit the stage without overwhelming it and taking away all of our space. Thankfully, I, I had a fantastic uh, crew assembled to help get it done. Uh, mm -hmm. So there's a lot of a lot of angles to make doors work. I was skeptical <laughs> we were going to get seven in. I was like, how am I going to make this work in the space? But it does. It does. And we've got room for it. So. Wow. I can't wait to see that because it's a very small stage. It, it helps that we used a couple of the actual doors off of the stage into oh. the green room and the lobby. And we've basically skinned over those to turn them into apartment doors. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that took a couple. And then the rest, um, although it's not the widest of stages, it is fairly deep. And so we were able to, to play oh. the angles that way to get us some extra oh. space. That's yeah, just, just the door budget must have been formidable in this show. <laughs> <laughs> Aside from the doors and the space limitations, what do you think has been the biggest challenge you've faced in mounting uh, this particular farce? It's been going together fairly well. We selected the cast all the way back in October, which uh, seems early for a February show, but I really wanted to get scripts in hands early so that they had plenty of time to to get those lines in in their brains. Uh, and then that gives us more time with script out of hands to start working on all the physical gags, which is always the challenge with farce. Right. You know, farce is so, so crucial with timing on those jokes and and bits and gags that it it takes a lot of rehearsal and practice to get them down right so that the audience sees one door open as the other door closes but they don't see actors who shouldn't see each other looking at each other on stage it really is a lot of precision timing and that's definitely been the challenge well i think that's the uh thing that separates the men from the boys um is rehearsal in this instance there must be so much rehearsal of lines 
and business. Yep. Yeah, I would definitely agree. It's you know, it's lines because the lines are funny, but then also the the actions and the moments and just the the lack of interaction sometimes is also what what mm-hmm. increases the humor. So a lot of a lot of work on pacing, tempo, yeah, and a lot of nuance to get as much humor as we can out of it. Comedy's hard. <laughs> it is. It it. it it takes a lot of work. And I think yeah. sometimes that's more than, than people realize they think, Oh, it's, it's funny. Just go be funny. Well, it, there's a lot more to it than that. Now, especially with farce. Who are the people in your cast? So I've got Derek white and Dustin Luna playing Bernard and Robert uh, Dustin. It's his first time with KHT. Derek was previously in odd couple. Uh, as far as the flight attendants, I've got Mandy Thompson, Elizabeth Ming, and Emily Loberg. Mandy has done stuff with us before, as has Liz, but I think this is Emily's first show with us. And then Laura Davis will be our uh, French maid, Berta. Well, it sounds like a great cast. I got very lucky when it came to audition time. One thing I'd, I'd like to note as far as uh, performances go, we have our, our regular slate of nine, but we're adding a special performance on Valentine's Day, still at 7 p.m., but it's a special presentation and it comes with appetizers before the show and dessert at intermission. Wow. Sounds like date night to me. Yeah. That's what we were thinking. I know it's a Wednesday, but you know, if you can't make it up for the weekend or you want something just light to celebrate Valentine's Day, we thought it would be a nice uh, halfway point. Great. It would definitely make for an interesting conversation after the show. Absolutely. (laughs) With your Valentine. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, by the way, I've scheduled two other Valentines. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it sounds like the perfect show for February. It's called Boeing Boeing. It's at Kaiser Homegrown Theater. It's uh, written by Mark Camaletti and directed by Jeff Minden. This French farce plays February 9th through the 25th with a special performance on Valentine's Day, February 14th with extra little goodies before and after the performance. You can get your tickets at kaiserhomegrowntheater.org. Go see it. It's going to be a ton of fun. Thank you so much, Jeff Minden, for joining us here on KMUZ Theater Talk. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. It's time to wind up today's KMUZ Theater Talk program. Thank you for joining us. Next week at 9 a.m., you can tune in to Talking About Art with Joel Zak. KMUZ Theater Talk is a proud member of the Mid-Valley Theater Network. KMUZ Theater Talk comes your way at 9 a.m. the first and third Friday of the month on your radio or smart speaker at 100.7 and 88.5 FM on your favorite radio app, or streaming live at kmuz.org. You can also catch our KMUZ Theater Talk programs anytime, wherever you get your podcasts. Ed and I will return February 16th with another brand new KMUZ Theater Talk program. Meanwhile, check out our KMUZ Theater Talk Facebook page for news and updates about live theater in the Mid-Willamette Valley. If you haven't yet joined in to support Theater Talk and the rest of KMUZ's great community radio programs, head on over to KMUZ.org right now and click the Donate button at the top of the page. And thanks. Until next time, we'll we'll see see you in the front front row. row.